that all I need life. I just love the skating and the scene. Rain, rain, go away. All I need is a skateboard today. Board today. Board today. This is the Shetler Show featuring professional skateboarder, podcaster, and All I Need Skate founder, Anthony Shetler. So everyone was, it was hot. Everyone was doing it. Yeah, they're looking for their dad's fucking metal skateboards in the garage. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Get on this thing. <laughs> Each episode brings you amazing discussions with interesting people from all walks of life. Kind of when skateboarding clicked for me and you learn some tricks or whatever and you get that appreciation from your peers, you know, the other skaters are like, holy shit, like, yeah, dude, that's rad. Admiration. Yeah, yeah the admiration or the, the affirmation. Real. Recognize real. If I didn't experience those crazy moments in my life, then these great moments would never be as great as they have been. Honestly, like for me, I just loved it. Like I saw those dudes, I saw those videos, and I was like, holy fuck, this is sick. Yeah. This is what I want to do. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Um, some All I Need house cleaning real quick before we get into it. Uh, I just wanted to give a shout-out to Josue DeSoto. Congrats on winning the All I Need Game of Skate at the Edge this last Friday. Uh, that was sick. Also, shout-out to everybody who showed up, man. Such good energy. That Game of Skate was fucking intense, and uh, it was sick, man. I'm hyped. Uh, Josue walked away with $200 in cash. It's cool that you can... Uh, have an hour on your skateboard and earn $200. I was hyped that we could do that. And we also gave out an All I Need deck on a best trick in the back. That was sick. We gave it out to the homie who was doing the nollie heel down the double set, but he broke his tail. That was gnarly. You had it. Uh, and it was a good time to give hook someone up with a board. Um, but yeah, that was really sick. Hyped we get to do these types of things. We'll do more games to skate in the future. I'm going to organize some more because that one was sick. So let's keep that going for sure. Uh, also... I just wanted to talk about uh, our new lock-in at the Edge Indoor Skate Park. It is on April 27th, the end of this month, and it will be from 9 p.m. to 9 a.m., so we just get jammed in the skate park and we sleep in that thing. Well, I don't sleep. Some people pass out. Uh, there's an age limit. It's 10 to 17, so it's just the young bucks. Uh, we play dodgeball. We have a projector with movies set up. We play all types of uh, skate tag uh, games like that, hide and seek. And then we also do skate jams, you know, on everything. It's a 30,000 square foot indoor skate park, so we skate until we can't walk anymore. Uh, there's breakfast and dinner included. Um, it's always a good time, man. It's it's like a marathon. It's hard to pull off, man. I've done two and didn't fall asleep, and I was, like, messed up for two days after. But So this will be our third one. So if you want to register, spots fill up fast. Um, we got a huge skate park, you know, but we can only get so many people in there at once just so we can do a good job. So if you go to the Edge Indoor Skate Park on Instagram or Facebook or check out the website, you can pre-register and lock in your spot. So that's done. Um, quick shout out to Richard Ayala and Trey Queens. 
They are the winner of our All I Need pin package Instagram giveaway. Uh, congrats. That's sick, man. And I just want to say shout out to Trey Queens. Heal up. I know the ankle's twisted right now, man. But uh, you're on your road to recovery now. So maybe just find somewhere cool somewhere cool to put your new lapel pin. <laughs> Thank you guys for participating in that. That's so cool that we're able to do that and that you guys won. Let me see. Also, I wanted to see if you guys could follow us on social media at All I Need Skate on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you hit us with a follow, leave a comment, let me know you listen to the show, and uh, we'll follow you back for sure. So, do do do. And also, if you ever uh, want to check out anything we speak about on this podcast, whether it's our events or any of our products like the lapel pin or our decks, new graphics, and all our apparel, you can check it all out at allineedskate.com. That's the portal. Everything goes there. So, because sometimes you'll listen to this and then you're like, oh yeah, where? What? What do I, you know? And But so I put it all on the site. <laughs> that's how it is for me anyways. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Shout out to everybody who shares this podcast. Good look. That helps out tremendously. That's the best way to support the show is to, if you hear an episode you like, Share it on any any platform. Share it. Spread the good word. That would be sick. That would help the show and the guest, which is rad. And uh, that brings us to our guest today, Brad Sidlacki. Brad is a snowboarder, skateboarder, uh, passionate human. He designs skate parks for a living, started his own brand or his own company, Pillar Design Studios. And he's just been helping turn the world into a skate park man <laughs> so this guy's one of my favorites <laughs> clearly uh thank you brad for coming on the show man i uh, hope you guys enjoy peace small world right yeah definitely um all right i guess we're ready man <laughs> all right, sick you ever been on a podcast before i have not well i'm popping your podcast cherry as dirty as that sounds Perfect. <laughs> um all right, let's start at the top, man. Uh, where are you originally from? Um, born and raised in Oswego, New York. Nice. What was that like? A uh, small town. Um, you know, there's only a dozen skateboarders growing up, so we were a small crew and never had any place to skate. So uh, we built everything ourselves. Where? Uh, how far is that from the city? Probably about a six-hour drive. Uh, we're just north of Syracuse, right on Lake Ontario. Hell yeah, you know the cruds, crud code then. Yep, yep. A lot of the guys up there, you know, Bruce Bailey, that's, you know, Bruce Bailey's uh, movement. A lot of those guys in Oswego, that's how I know Steve. Uh, wish I got hooked up with the crud code guys out in Rochester. Sick. And and how'd you get your first board out in the middle of, of where you were? The, where'd I get my first what? My first... First skateboard. Hold on, let me get to a letter. I'm losing the air. Your bird? The birds sound lovely, though. You got a lot of birds in the backyard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, check out the yard. Yeah, that place looks sick. You definitely show the bowl again, because I wasn't recording before, and I want to... God, oh. that that thing looks like a dream. Yes. Then the rest, the, rest, the rest of the yard. Well, you're doing some construction there. You got some wood in the front yard. Yeah, absolutely. Always building something. Nice. Beautiful. Nice swimming pool. You need that out there, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's hot as hell out here, buddy. <laughs> what is it right now? It's pretty nice, though. Yeah, it's probably 80 degrees today. I used to live in Phoenix when I was real, real little. 
I lived in uh, right by on Sweetwater Hill, like by this massive church in Phoenix. It was fucking sick. Awesome. Yeah, I mean. So how'd you get? So how'd you get your first board? My first board was. Uh, let's see, Peanut Brown. I don't know him. Uh, Peanut Brown's an old. That's an old Airborne. Um, got that back in probably '88. Um, you know, we we grew up snowboarding. Upstate New York is nothing but snow. So snowboarding was uh, the forte, and then summertime turned into turned into skateboarding. And uh, you know, that's kind of when I started. That's when I started about when I was about ten years old. You any good at snowboarding? Snowboarding is what I love. Ah, oh, sick. Love. <laughs> it seems I like love, I love the skateboard, but I love the snowboard. It seems like it's pretty fun, man. Yes. I went one time and I had a good time, but uh, it was just one time because it's kind of expensive where where I was, you know. Absolutely. So when I, where I grew up, it was there was not a lot of hills, so we grew up behind snowmobiles. Nice. So we would tow each other into big jumps, and just like we ended up building all of our own skate stuff, we built all of our own snowboard stuff. Yeah, completely different though, right? Fucking with snow and concrete, two different things. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> when I started the building, it was all wood, which is the basis of concrete construction is the forms so my father taught me you know everything i know about wood construction and uh that turned into kind of what i do for a living now yeah um so wait what did your father do for uh my father was an electrician for niagara mohawk in, in new york but uh you know big construction background um you know he taught me how to build a lot of stuff growing up him and i built uh first mini ramp together when I was probably 11 or 12 years old and it's kind of funny I got a picture of my father helping me finish up the project out here in Scottsdale Arizona so he's still around helping me build shit to skate damn that's sick man that's so cool um so did you ever pursue snowboarding like for sponsorship or any of that stuff no no never never in the in in the books for that um it's just a hobby that's good though. Sometimes that's better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about school? How how are you doing school? So I I went to um, I went to I did six years of college. I got two degrees. Nice. Um, and I took I got a degree in architectural engineering and a degree in landscape architecture. And um, I took my love for skateboarding to school with me. And uh, a big part of what I was always told as as a skateboarder and as an architect or a landscape architect was that the two didn't mix which back then which didn't make any sense to me you know I'm having professors tell me that I'm in the wrong profession because you know skateboarders shouldn't be designing you know we, we ruin everything that landscape <laughs> architects and architects they're right uh, about that I <laughs> and, I, and I said well that's the exact reason why I want to do this I want to build stuff that's safe to skate on and that can withstand the beating that we put on it. Yeah. Um, and I had some professors that did not like me. Did not like the idea. Um, told me that it would never happen. I could never make a living in skateboarding and landscape architecture. They were crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that was, you know, that was that was 1999. Gnarly. When they were that. Yeah, it makes sense that you... Uh... Skate, it's good. I guess they couldn't predict because they don't realize how much people love skateboarding that it was going to grow and become part of such a every city almost. You know. Yeah, a lot of people see skateboarding as just nuisance. 
Yeah. They don't actually see it. No, you know, with the Olympics and everything coming up, it's becoming a sport. But to me, it's just always been a lifestyle. Yeah, and a nuisance. <laughs> and a nuisance. I like, always, I like that we're part. All, we're all of those bad kids, aren't we? <laughs> I like that part about it still. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> that was the cool thing about Ryan for Farborough is like, He'd always, like, peel out after the demo and yell and shriek and, like, just be a nuisance a little bit. Nothing, like, over the line, but enough to just be, like, those fuckers were there, you know? Yeah, lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, it's good. You need that. So, did, you went into school. Did you have any idea that that you were aiming for that, to open your own? You know, not till about halfway through out here at Arizona State University did I even know that designing skate parks was even an option. When I went to college, when I graduated high school in 95, you know, there was no thought of designing skate parks. I didn't even know it was a, it was a job. And back then, it really wasn't a job. Yeah. So, you know, I, I've always wanted to do something. I always wanted to make my job something that I love to do. Um, so one of the reasons I moved out to Arizona is I was originally going to design golf courses. Nice. Do you like golf? <laughs> I love. I love golf. Oh, good. <laughs> good. I love. I love the golf, but I didn't quite fit into the industry of golf. Yeah. You know, I, was, I was the kid with uh, tattoos and blue hair and a skateboard in my hand, but could still go out and swing a golf club. So, needless to say, a lot of the club pros didn't like my blue hair on a golf course. You were fucking Happy Gilmore now, out there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if I wasn't causing any problems, I always dressed the part. But I just looked a little different than everybody else. I had a little bit different attitude. So you were like, I'm going to design these golf courses? Is it, is it really, I guess it is kind of intricate. How many holes? 18, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there were so many different ways you could do it. I was big into, you know, I, like, I love to drive big machines and push dirt around. Yeah. And that so. was something I did back then, and which 100% translated right into skate park, just, you know, construction. I still love to drive big machines and push dirt around. Yeah. Now I just cover in concrete. Why'd you get swayed from designing golf courses? Um, well, like I said, I didn't really fit into the industry. Um, and I couldn't really see myself in a day-in, day-out, in a country club kind of setting. Yeah, um, a little stuffy. Yeah, it, yeah. It's something I couldn't... Again, you know, I, I like the lifestyle aspect of, of work I, I never want to have a job I want to have a, I want to have a lifestyle I'm comfortable with um, I still love to golf but that just wasn't in the cards for me to, to design and build golf courses um, I'd still love to do do one someday but um, when I, I found I met a guy who was starting a business designing skate parks when I was a sophomore here at Arizona State and I was like that's right up my alley give me a job fuck yeah yeah, it's super crucial, because I'll tell you right now, on the East Coast, when I was coming up, man, there was no, there were skate parks, but they were built by people that did not skateboard, and they were fucking, they got the job done, but they were poorly, piss poorly designed, it was hard, and they're everywhere, they're all over the place now, it's insane. Yeah, I, I agree, I've done pretty well since 2001. That's good. <laughs> I've been saying that when I was little because I was skating a park and it was not designed by a skateboarder. I'm like, why don't they just ask? Why don't they ask a skateboarder? Like, they could tell you without any design aspect at all, just a little bit of placement. You know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. You know, there's, there's so much more to designing skate parks than just the actual skateability. There's the, you know, a big part of it is drainage. Yeah. It's water. 
you know, making sure that the concrete's not going to heave. We got to make sure we got level, smooth concrete everywhere. So, you know, water drainage is, is a big piece of it, which, you know, comes into the education background of, you know, school of architecture and landscape architecture and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's sick. So you end up deciding you're going to get into building skate parks. What's the first move from there? Well, like I said, I met a guy who was starting a business, starting his own L.A. firm that was specializing in skate park design and construction. And I basically hounded him for two years until he gave me a job. Nice. And, uh, I, I, I met him up like the day after I graduated from ASU. And he gave me a job on the spot. That's sick, man. That's fucking really fortunate. Yeah, yeah. So I learned from the ground up, um, you know, from the bottom to figure out how to do every aspect of the job. So it yeah. really worked out well. That's good. That's definitely good. A lot of people, a lot of, when you're young, you're like, oh, I just want to be this or that. But it's always good yeah. to start at the bottom, make all the mistakes, run through all that until you have a solid foundation and then you can build off of it, you know? A lot of people, a lot of people think that they're just gonna get some dream job and like no learning curve. It's just like skating, you know. It's like a lot of people yeah. want to be a pro skateboarder and then they get into it and it's like, oh, this is way fucking harder than I imagined, you know. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That that's cool. And uh, so you guys start building parks and all that stuff. It, did you run into any problems or any moments where you're like, fuck, this isn't going, or some difficulties, some walls? Well, I mean, it, at one point. When I was working for somebody else, I was constantly on the road. I would travel, you know, I'd, get, I'd, I'd grab a 5 a.m. flight, fly halfway across the U.S., go to a, a two-hour meeting, get back on a flight, fly all the way back to AZ, get back at midnight, and have you back in the office at 8 a.m. the next morning. Gnarly. And years of doing that, you know, three years in a row of doing that starts to wear on you. And it got to the point where I didn't even want to skate anymore. Yeah, fuck. Because that was just because skateboarding became my job instead of my lifestyle. So all all that really got fixed when I got fired. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so I got fired, and then I had to make a decision on what am I going to do? Am I going to stop doing this altogether and go become a firefighter or something? Yeah. Or am I going to start my own business? And uh, I said, "Fuck it." Would you want to have been? Would you want to have been a firefighter? I no, probably not. <laughs> I was twenty. I was twenty-eight years old at that point. <laughs> Dude, so, it's a gnarly. Uh, pro- that's a gnarly profession to. to... Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so I just decided to say, "Screw it, let's go for it." I'm gonna start my own business. Damn. Um, I learned a lot from you know the job that I had, so I go right into it. You know. Yeah. No questions, and just gone for it, and it you know it worked out. That was uh, that was in two thousand six. Yeah, that's good to hear, man, because that's what everyone needs to hear nowadays. A lot of people are working for other people, and it might not be even if it's something they love to do. They're still on someone else's clock, you know, and everyone wants to transition into kind of having their own schedule and doing it for themselves, you know. Yeah. That's good to hear. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, so once I started the business and I got to do things my way, you know, it kind of took a lot of the stress off me and I started enjoying skating a lot and, you know, I started skating a lot more again. When you were flying around uh, meeting with people, who are you meeting with? The city people? Yes. 
to yep. just discuss the design and all the red tape, I imagine? Yep. Yeah, I like to call it shaking hands and kissing babies part. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, so you got to, you know, you fly out to each community and you got to meet with the local skateboarders because, uh, you know, you are designing and building a park for them. So you want to get local input. Um, and, you know, that's kind of what I hold to the key that makes, you know, all of the pillar parks different is that we truly do listen to what the community wants. And I take design ideas from everybody else to incorporate into a cohesive idea that drains well, that fits the site, that fits the budget, and, um, you know, fits the criteria that the community has, has given us. Yeah, taking all that into consideration, I never really thought about that. I'm thinking about budget and area and... Yeah, that's got to come into it. Have you ever had any parks that they're like, look, we don't have much space or money, and what can you do? Hell yeah. That's a lot of, that's a lot of what we do. Nice. <laughs> that's a lot of what we do. Do you, ever, do you ever get nervous, or you're just like, I can fucking make something. We're going to make this work. No, we, we can always make something. I'm, I'm just very honest with people. You know, This is the basic cost, and this is the basic square footage you're going to get for that cost. Let's, you know... Let's get the biggest bang for the buck, and let's really focus on what you guys really want. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, well, we, we did a park in Nashua, New Hampshire, and uh, the locals came to us with a booklet of sketches, of props that they wanted. Wait, this is uh, the new Nashua skate park? Yeah. Let me just yes. say, let me just say, that park is fucking amazing, my dude. That is a crazy-ass park, right? I'll have to send you the my skate team all I need. We went went there and filmed the full edit. I'll have to send it to you. Absolutely, I'd love to see it. And I used to and I used to skate the old Nashua Park because I used to ride for Eastern Border back then, and yep. all the homies would skate there and so many demos and stuff. So yeah, that's that's who, that's what we worked with. And like I said, they they brought a a booklet of props <laughs> with dimensions. I mean, this was the most organized and uh, educated approach to design the park. But the problem is that there was so much that they wanted, and then I had to fit it into a space and a budget. Yeah. So then that's where we started really working back and forth. They'd send me all these pieces that they wanted, and then I had to put it all together to make it all work. Yeah. Like fill in the gaps and make it flow and be cohesive. Yeah, and, and in all reality, I mean, that's why that I think that park is such a success, because it's many ideas from many people. You know, it's not just my ideas... And then the builders building it—it's—it was something that was massaged all the way through construction. Yeah, you can tell, man. That place is unbelievable. The transition stuff, like a lot, some of the dudes on my team can get really gnarly. So for them, it was like for me, it was like a pleasure to watch them get down. That big tombstone, yeah. that big wall thing you built—fucking insane, dude. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the artisan skate parks crew is a is a very talented group of uh, skateboarders and and contractors. They, they got their shit together. They know what they're doing. That's awesome. You work with them a lot? I, I true. I, I, anytime I get a chance to work with those guys, they're my number one. That's right. Have you have you designed parks only in the States? Have you ever done anything outside? Nope. Well, we built some stuff in Sweden. We've got a couple parks in Sweden. Wow, sick. Um, we're about to, in about a month and a half, so we're uh, heading out to Barbados. Nice. Well, damn, paradise, huh? We build a park. Uh, the first park of the island, on the island. Wow, sick. Damn, that's trippy. That's cool that you're part of that. Yeah, so, I mean, that's it's a lot of fun because, you know, skateboarding is taking me around the world, and I get paid to travel. 
and I get paid to still ride my little wooden skateboard. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. That's a dream for sure. Um, yeah. What about, so like, if you're in another country, just, are you nervous about um, city laws and restrictions and other things? Like, Yeah, it's always an interesting construction process. You know, in Sweden, um, you know, different materials, different tools, different machines, uh, different work ethics, um, different everything. So, you know, you have to adapt and overcome and work with other people. And, you know, you got to have a lot of patience. Yeah. Uh, but it, when the, at the end of the day, you know, I make a lot of good friends all over the world and have built a lot of cool shit. Yeah, that's fucking really sick, man. That's super good. Um, let me see real quick. So we talked about Steve. Steve's the fucking man. When I knew you knew Steve, I was like, this, this is good stuff right here. <laughs> Um, oh, I wanted to ask you about any issues you've run into. Like, what's some some stuff when dealing with a city and trying to design a skate park? Like, what are some things that come up that you have to kind of work around or that are challenging? The the main thing that I'll run into every once in a while, it's not all the time, but we will sometimes run into some communities where they've got a contingent of residents that do not want a skate park. Oh yeah, I forgot about those fuckers. <laughs> and it's it's and the reasons are they vary for why. Um, you know, some don't want to have their taxes raised because they may have to they may have to raise taxes to get a skate park because it's a public process. Yeah. Um, a public project. It's with government money. Um, some may say, "Well, we want a dog park, not a skate park." Um, some still think that. Skateboarders are just bad kids who all we do is drugs and get in trouble. Ridiculous. Yeah. You know, that's, that mentality is still out there. Yeah, that's just kids in general, dude. They could be on a scooter, skateboard, fucking twirly bird, unicycle. There might be some riffraff, bro. Yeah, most, you know, most of the people that, that cause troubles at skate parks aren't the skateboarders. Yeah, most of them are there to skate, for sure. So I would say that's the biggest hurdle I have to overcome every once in a while is the the negativity that is still kind of attached to skateboarders. Yeah. Uh, but but I'm used to it. I mean, I was I was that 13 year old kid in Oswego, New York, standing in front of city council, saying, "You guys, the cops keep taking my skateboard, but I have nowhere to go. I have nowhere to skate." And you know, here I am at 41 years old, trying to still solve that problem. And my hometown still doesn't have a public free skate park. Yeah, that's fucking bullshit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Yeah, I mean, in all seriousness, though, like, kids need somewhere to go, man. Regardless of your fucking prejudices or whatever it is, it's like, if kids don't have, like, some place to go where they can build community and have expression and build identity and have places to feel safe, you know? Like, a lot of it's just having a spot to go that's safe. And not everyone wants to be in some organized sport or whatever, you know? Like... And a skate park's good, even even for dudes that just want to be out on the street. A skate park's sick, you know. Yeah. I like it just because it's good. It's not as impact. You don't have to kill yourself, and you just have fun. And there's all. I live near the Edge Indoor Skate Park. It's like a thirty thousand square foot indoor park, and that place is so crucial. I, everyone I know goes there. It's like the biggest community of skateboarders. It's a blessing, you know. So skate parks are super crucial. Yeah. 
that's so how do you battle that do you just go in and try to like really break it down to him and be like look i know you're old and stuffy not all of them i'm sure some are just stuffy and you're like look kids need something to do <laughs> well i mean a lot of it is just education you know you have to just be careful with them and you've got to be polite um you know i was younger i'd pop off at these people all the time um but with age I, i've learned that that doesn't help anything yeah so you know just be patient and you explain to them you know i, I like to tell my story um you know I, I did go to college um i do own my own business um i am 41 years old and i still ride a skateboard hell yeah i, I have a family i have an eight-year-old daughter that likes to ride her skateboard and her scooter um and you know the the skateboarding has changed. Skateboarders have changed. When we were kids, it's not like we were out skating with our parents. I don't know anybody our age who skated with their parents. Yeah, definitely and not. You look at today's skate park, and there's a lot of father-son combos. And now you're seeing a lot of females come into this mix. A lot of father-daughters and moms skate. It's awesome. And it's becoming more of a family-oriented idea and a community idea where skateboarders, who have always been a community, we've just been, you know, in the backyard pools or at our own little spots that we build. But now it's we're in the public eye. And, um, you know, a lot of successful skateboarders are out there who don't even work in the industry but are successful programmers or architects or engineers or whatever. Yeah, I do. I do. I find a lot like when you're young and you're skating is skating is kind of like a an escape from reality. You know, it, it can almost cause arrested development in the sense that you don't have to grow up. You can have Peter Pan syndrome, you know, yeah. which is what what you need as a child to some degree. But there's a certain age where it's like, you know, you still have to take on some responsibility and age gracefully and become something bigger than what you are or what you were, you know? And it's like, yeah. some people use skateboarding as a, a way to hold themselves back, you know? And it's like, I get that or whatever, you know? But, because I, I felt that. I've been like a young kid who fell in love with skateboarding at 13 and then I wanted to, you know, I always was like, I want to grow old and be happy and successful and live a sick life. I had like some picture of it, you know? But then as you get older, you're like, fuck, like people give you shit for skating and they think it they think it's trivial or a waste of time and you kind of get pushed down as like you're not doing something that's important you know and that's kind of where i've that's where i've driven a lot of i've dug up a lot of inspiration is that is like kind of fighting against that and proving that like no like skateboarding's gonna be with me till i'm 70 whether i'm fucking a little kid or i'm running 10 businesses or super responsible it's like just because I skateboard doesn't mean I'm a piece of shit who doesn't, like, keep growing, you know? And it's true, though. Like, dude, when you're, like, everyone... Like, even when I was going up, I got sponsors and, like, people were giving me free stuff and sending me around the world. And uh, I could have easily just, like, fell apart when that disappeared and just, like, let it destroy me. But I was like, no, I still want to grow. Like, I think it's all right to be a skateboarder. And, like, even if you're not sponsored or whatever, but you still develop in other areas of life, like, that's really good. Like... A lot of kids I meet, I meet, they're like, yeah, I want to get sponsored. It's my whole life. And I'm like, I get that, but you still got to develop skills to be able to survive and live in this world and help those around you. And some of that's going to be on a skateboard and some of it's not, you know? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, and that's like a crucial thing is like I've heard people say that in the past, like, oh, no, like put things off. And I'm like, well, you're 25 and you don't even have a, a license. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what the fuck does that mean? You know, like. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, always, it always comes back to the lifestyle thing, you know. I, I've kind of lived this lifestyle since I was a kid. Um, I'm just now an adult grown up with responsibilities, with bills, with mortgages. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to live my dream. Um, you know, skateboarding has brought me lots of places, and I've met many, many, many amazing people that are still to this day good friends of mine that, you know, I may not see them for two, three years, but when we get back together, it's the same old, same old. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. A lot of that, that has, ties right back to skateboarding. You know, getting to see Steve uh, once a year out here and get to skate with him, that's great. You know? I want to come on one of those trips. That's my goal, dude. I'm coming. Yeah. <laughs> we, we always like to try to end that trip uh, with a little barbecue over here with a little, this little metal bowl. Yeah, that thing looks like heaven. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> That's awesome. So did you meet up with them this year too? Yep. Nice. Yep. We went uh, and skated uh, the new park we just finished out here in, in Scottsdale on uh, the reservation. You built one on a reservation? Yeah, absolutely. Wow, that's sick. Is yeah. that is it, so? Is it like for a tribe? They're living there, and you build a skate yeah. park specifically for them. The Salt River Pima Indian Tribe. Yeah, there was a huge, like six million dollar community center that they built with basketball courts and soccer fields, and you know indoor swimming and all kinds of stuff. And they opted to one of their main things they wanted was a skate park. Yes. So we built a sixteen thousand square foot state of the art, you know, custom concrete park for. Them. And um, it's at this point, it's only open to the res, so that's why you know people have to hit me up, and then uh, I can give them a little tour. <laughs> that's sick. <laughs> so, and that's you know that's that's it's fun. You know they've got their own money and they've got their own rules. Yeah. And it was a, it was it was a fun project. That's wild, man. Um, so, how many skate parks would you say you've built since you since you started building them in total? So, all together, including, you know, Pillar, my business, and the other companies I work for, I would say I've got over 300. Wow. Heavy. Yeah. Heavy. Where's I've got probably about 100, I got a little less than 150, I think, is Pillar. Wow, that's insane, man. And where, yeah. do, you, where do you say most of the skate parks are built? East Coast. Really? Yeah, most of my stuff. That's and Pillar so... is mostly East Coast. That's so I good to hear. A ton of stuff in North Carolina. You know, up in the, uh, mid-Atlantic stuff, um, really starting to hit northeast heavy now. You know, Framingham, uh, Taunton, uh, Old Orchard Beach, Bar Harbor, Maine, um, you know, Syracuse, New York, Woodstock. Yep. Taunton, Taunton would be amazing for an outdoor park. Yeah, um, this is it. Turner Falls. Turner Falls, we did one out there. Nice. Yeah, because I'm in Taunton, and that's one that we're working on. I was trying to get, like, I went to the city council, and we were trying to get them to design, but... Yeah, there, there's a lot of cities that take lots of time. We, we've been talking with them for years, too, but... Yeah. You know, some of these projects take 10 years. You know, there's a, a project that I did in, up in the Adirondacks, where a lot of my family is, uh, in Saranac Lake, New York. And um, that project took 10 years. Yeah, gnarly. 
That's kind of like the one out here in fucking, uh, the Lynch family one took forever to get done, dude. The money, like, disappeared and came back and, like, all yeah. of a sudden, <laughs> it's insane, There man. was probably, like, five different designers involved in that. Heck, That was crazy. That was a crazy project. Yeah. The thing with the Taunton one, I went to, the, I sat in the, one of the meetings, because I, I never really dealt with it before, so I sat, and it was just, like, one lady that was trying to get the park built for some reason, and she, they did not like her. I mean, she was kind of, like, out there, and definitely I was kind of like, yeah, she doesn't know how to communicate that well. So they kind of just didn't give a shit about really building a skate park. They just didn't want her to get a win, you know? Yep. Yeah, I mean, that's a big part of getting a park built in your community is showing that there's a need. Yeah. And that's the big thing. You know, if there was... uh, I always, like, use the analogy, if there was one open field in your town... And you guys get your first beautiful spring days, you know, 65 degrees and sunny out. Everybody wants to go out and hit up that field, no matter if they play basketball or they, no matter if they play football or soccer or throw a frisbee. They're all going to want to use that one field. And if there's only one field for them to use, guess what? It's going to be overcrowded and there's going to be problems. So that's kind of our whole thing of, yes, you, you know, let's start with one skate park, but that needs to grow to have multiple skate parks in your town or in your city, uh, not only for variety, but just for the pure need of it. Yeah. Because not only do skateboards use it, you know, you've got your bikers. And you've got your kids on scooters, you know? <laughs> you said that twice now. <laughs> I know, because they're, they're everywhere. <laughs> they're everywhere. This is a big reason why I have something in my backyard, because I, I'm sick of battling with the thousand scooter kids that are at these parks. Yeah, as long as they stay kids, it's when they become scooter men that I get nervous. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think there's got to be a law, like, once you get 12 years old, you're not allowed to ride a scooter anymore. Just let go of the handlebars and you got a skateboard. You're fully learning yeah. to balance. Fully. Back to the future. Back to the future, bud. <laughs> just rip it off. It's a just ditch. rip it off. Start, just start cruising. You should have the balance by then. I know. I read an article just for just for us to laugh. I read an article that was on this Rolling Stones, uh, and it said that it had a line in it that caught my attention. It said, "Scootering has the same disruptive spirit as skateboarding, minus the steep learning curve." And then I know, I know. The whole time I was just like, "Minus the steep learning curve." Like that's what makes skating so great is that it's not easy. And I'm like, then I was like, how could they have the same spirit? If they don't even like doing hard things or tasks, you know, like <laughs> I thought it was sad. It was a sad day for the Rolling Stones that published that article. It went on to it was like ten, dude. It was like ten pages, and it read like a jealous girl wrote it. Like it was bad. It was really bad. <laughs> well, I mean, skateboarding is about to. I mean, it's it's been evolving and it's been changing. Um, but come next summer, when it, when the Olympics hit, it's going to be an interesting world. Yeah. What do you think the impact's going to be? Where do you think it goes from here? I, I you know, I, I see, we're already starting to see it, which, um, you know, I made the comment earlier about how we never, when we were kids, we never were skating with our parents or our parents were never around. They weren't cheering us on or it wasn't like a sport. You know, we all chose skateboarding because it wasn't that sport or something we could do on our own. And now you go to a park and you see moms and dads standing around yelling at the kids like you got it you got it Johnny some are supportive and some are just like downright do it again do it again coach mom on the side for sure yeah. I mean there are definitely 
been some people that have you know said my kid wants to win the Olympics, my kid wants to win X Games. Well, okay, go, you know, great. Yeah. Um, so you know, there's a there's a lot of uh, you know training just becoming and training facilities are starting to be built and a lot of backyard private stuff that is is popping up. <laughs> so you know, it's I think the Olympics are going to be great for business. Um, but I'm interested to see how it uh, how it deals with, like I said, with the lifestyle. Yeah, I think about it a lot because I have a skateboard brand that's based on the lifestyle, you know. Mm-hmm. But I mean, to me, I don't even see it as uh, a good or bad thing. Like, because I'm always my whole thing is I'm like, no one really owns skateboarding. As much as we all want to own skateboarding, it's like, who the fuck are you to tell someone how they skateboard? You know, even if they want to juggle and add up points for a sponsor, like that's their version of skateboarding, right? Yep. So I, I've never really wanted to put anyone out outside of skateboarding. So to me, I'm just like, yeah, it's just becoming well-rounded or and more inclusive, which to me isn't a bad thing because you can express yourself however you want on your board, and so can that. That's the thing about skating is it's an individual thing. It, it can be, or it can be a team thing. You know. Yeah, well, you look at going to be a team thing. Is that it? They're going to pass a baton in between backside lip slides? I don't know. What does the uniform look like? <laughs> like unitard and like one piece? <laughs> <laughs> some, neon, some nylon for sure, dude. Like It's going to be interesting. No, you, you see in snowboarding, everyone's wearing matching outfits. Dude. Are we going to have that in skateboarding? That's not... That is not a, a version of skateboarding. That's like a version of hell that I... like. I could never, like, skating to me is nothing about competition or winning. Like, I'm competitive with myself, but, dude, if I ever had to, like, put on a suit. I did the do tours before, and those were fun as hell because they invited you, and you'd get paid whether you got last place or whatever, you know? So I'm like, all right, well, it's just cool. You're putting on a show. That was, like, a fun feeling, I guess. But, like, as far as adding up points and competing and really being serious, never could do it, man. Never. It, 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 it's going to be interesting to watch. I'm definitely. Uh, I want to sit back and uh, and experience it and watch it. So we'll see. We'll see what it, we'll see what it does. The cool part that I think about it is because uh, I like stories and narratives and characters, you know. So to uh, to think about who will be in it and why they will be in it and to hear their backstory and the story, everything like that could be pretty interesting, you know. I mean, you've got these little kids that you know are growing up in these skate parks now. And they, at the age of, like, 10, 12 years old, they're killing it. Kickflip 540s and then, like, kickflip back yeah. nose blunt 270 out, like, in the same run. Yeah, it's it's crazy how young and how skilled some of these kids are. Yeah, scary. I think it's great. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be interesting, you know, again, it's going to be, the Olympics are going to be the young kids. You're not going to see old, some old Hessian out there, that's for sure. Yeah, but that's fine. I mean, because see, once again, I don't think it's competing because the same person that wants the lifestyle side of things and wants to film video parts isn't going to necessarily want to be in the fucking Hunger Games of skateboarding. Yeah. <laughs> I never thought of it that way, but... <laughs> and, and both can thrive, you know, in different avenues, I feel, so... I agree. It's going to be fun. It's gonna, there's going to be a lot of jokes, to say the least, Brad. Like, I'll be able to, like, so many jokes. It's going to be amazing. There, there, already, there already is. There already <laughs> a lot of jokes. A lot of conversations. A lot of people are for it. A lot of people are against it. 
Yeah, it's definitely good in the sense, hopefully, that it'll allow skateboarding to be more embraced by, like, the mainstream in the sense, like, if basketball or soccer is, and maybe more parks will pop up, which aren't a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, one of the comments that the, the Bayesian government, uh, Barbados, one of the comments they made when we were just recently there talking about the park was that they want to have a Bayesian representative in the Olympics for skateboarding. That's crazy. And so you can see that it's beyond it's beyond that. It is becoming something that is accepted way beyond just, you know, skate moms, skate dads, skateboarders. And government officials are looking at it and it's you know, it's it's a lot more accepted now than it used to be, that's for sure. Yeah, it's so crazy, man. Because to me, like, skate, a skateboard is just, like, a vehicle or, like, a thing you can uh, get self-development from. Like, as an individual, you can build character through it, identity, like, you can express yourself, you can... It's, like, just a beautiful thing. So, to me, it's, like, whatever, dude. Like, if some people want to be super competitive and, like, put it in the Olympics and put on a show and juggle for the money or whatever, like, a small portion of people will want to do that, you know? Um, yeah. The only thing I worry is, like, I guess they can't really... You always get worried because you think they're going to own the whole industry or dictate how skating is or what skating is. But there's so many, like, brands and people that love skating that build up community outside of it that I don't think it could ever really compete, you know? Yeah, I mean, you're always going to have the older, the original older generation is always going to be somewhat, you know, in charge and involved, so. Yeah. Yeah. Just carry on tradition and like keep the, the the spirit of skateboarding. As long as it doesn't come, as long as it doesn't come with no learning curve, that's the fucking thing. <laughs> that's why. Well, you... I, I wish that I had a lot. I wish I had some resi, resi pads and shit like that to fall on when I was a kid instead of straight wood or straight concrete. Yeah. Right. Fuck. <laughs> Just get some knee pads too. I know. Yeah. Those foam pits. Man, those are fun now. I wish I had one when I was 12. Yeah, that's true. We got one at the skate park here, and it's fun as hell. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of, I do a lot of private skateboard lessons, like one-on-one -on -one lessons at the skate park here on Saturday Saturday and Sunday mornings. And I have kids coming, and it's amazing because, like, I kind of sit back and, like, look at the kid, and I kind of go, what does this kid need from skateboarding? And some of them need a challenge. Some of them just need, like, something to have fun on or an escape. Or, like, some just want to be, like, be out in the park, you know? And it's, like, sick to see what it can do for an individual. Like, if a person can get comfortable and, like, I see it all the time on the weekends, you know? So, like, the fact, skateboarding definitely helps and saves people's lives, you know? It's, like, it's unbelievable. The fact that you do it for a living is sick to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I kind of I turned, I like to say, I kind of turned my lifestyle into, uh, into a career. Yeah. My, my hobby into a career. Uh, and I have to say, I, I, I still enjoy it to this day. Yeah. That's, that's kind of always been the goal. Yeah, that's awesome. Just keep I working on it. getting up in the morning and, you know, having to go to the office or, oh, damn, I got to design a skate park today. <laughs> that kind of sucks. Oh, shit. <laughs> Poor you. <laughs> Make sure you put a deep end bowl, bro. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Do you deal with, like, uh, do you have ever have height restrictions in some of these places? Yeah, there's like Minnesota. Sometimes in, um, in most of the parks in Minnesota, you're not allowed to go over four feet. Really? You could probably build some amazing shit under four feet, though. Yeah, I mean, you can still do some really cool stuff. Yeah, that's sick. <laughs> I'm not jumping downstairs anymore, but I like to go fast. Hell yeah. So I have those little bit bigger walls just so I can 
keep my momentum, but <laughs> everybody everybody skates a different way. Yeah. yeah. I am definitely no sponsored skateboarder. Never have even been close to anything like that. I mean, dude, I'm 35 now, and fucking, I want to, I don't want to jump down things either. <laughs> I've done it. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I don't, like, literally the other day I was watching, um, Nolly Noseblunt down out Toro, this kid Clive, uh, I believe it's Dixon, he rides for Birdhouse. Nose, Nolly Noseblunt, a 20s there. I was like, and at that moment I was like, fuck, dude, I couldn't even attempt that. Like, that would literally break me. <laughs> Even just running and jumping down a set of stairs would break me at this point. <laughs> Not really. I could handle maybe like a 9 to 10. I don't know if I'd go any more than that. <laughs> no, thank you. Sick, man. Well, fuck. Thanks for uh, coming on the podcast. Uh, and I'm really excited to check out the Framingham Park. Yeah, I'm stoked that you guys are going to get involved in that grand opening. It's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to be a fun one. I'm, I'm, I'm super stoked for the area. Yeah. Um, it's a, fun, it's a fun park. Do you remember, do you do you know the size and what's there and the specs? Yep. It's uh, 10,000 square feet. Nice. Uh, we've got some, uh, you know, some, some good back and forth flow, fun box, little jump ramps, you know, a little bit of everything. we got a little mini ramp, uh, we got a little vert wall with pool coping tile on it, um, some escalating stuff, some rollers, it's a little bit of everything. What's the tallest? Um, I think the extension, I think we got an 8 foot tall, 7 foot tranny, about a foot of vert. Nice, nice. Yeah, I got, like I said, I got some kids that fucking destroy that type of shit, so. Yep, some tranny banks, there's gonna be some good transfers, there's lots of opportunities. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see some, uh, some of these kids get used to it and rip it. Yeah, I think we're gonna bring the All I Need in World team and we're gonna do some, like, uh, best tricks and just some jams, basically, give out some stuff and just, uh... Have a good day. Yeah, they should be opening it to the public here soon. They just have to finish uh, some landscaping and stuff around it once, you know, the snow finally melts and stays away. Yeah. Uh, they have to clean some stuff up and kind of stabilize the area around it, and then they're going to open it. And then, uh, like I said, kind of convinced them to do a, a big party on Go Skateboarding Day. Yeah. And uh, kind of get you guys involved and let you guys run the deal and just blow it up. Making a party, you know, it is game, go skateboarding day, so. Yeah, yeah, that's, I love that, that's what we do out here all the time with All I Need is we go and we throw skate jams, like we have a game of skate this, uh, tomorrow actually, cash prize, like, I do the New England Am contest out here at the edge and we've done it four years in a row and it's just like a big celebration once a year where everyone comes, you see some of the gnarliest skateboarding, some free stuff gets given out and everyone has a good time, you know. And my homie, yeah. my homie Ramsey will come usually, and he'll be on the mic with me, and we make sure that people laugh too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm hyped for that, man. Um, fucking sick. And thank you, uh, thank you again. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's do it again. Oh, you know what? Before we go, I, I did want to ask you because you brought it up. Uh, what about designing outside the park? Like, do you always try to put in water fountains and stuff like that? And like, what's some weirdness that comes with that? Well.
inside the skate park, um, you know, not only for the skateboarders that aren't skating at the time who are just waiting their turn or hanging out. You know, I can't skate for two hours straight. I need a place to sit down. Um, and the same thing with the parents and the spectators. You know, skateboarding is a huge spectator sport. And people want to be part of skateboarding, but they may not necessarily skateboard. So they can come into the skate park and interact with skateboarders, but keep their distance so they don't get run over. Yeah, that's crucial because, like I, like I said, I do skateboard lessons and the parents will come and watch and, like, they have a good area where the parents could hang out and watch and see because it's cool to watch your kid, like, really, like, confront a fear and, like, charge it, you know? So, like, to be able to spectate and watch and have a spot to chill is crucial. Yeah. You know, uh, shade structure, shade's key in the summer when it's hot. Yep. Arizona. <laughs> Especially out here, you know, drink, and drinking fountains, bring water. You know, we all bring our own water anyways, but... Um, like I said, we like to create parks that you can skate, not necessarily a skate park. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I always wondered about that. Have you ever did? Did have you ever tied anything in with a skate park? Like, did half the skate park half like a court or like build around like something? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. We've done a lot of like skate trails. I mean, they go through city parks. Oh, little, sick! A skate little trail. Off, little offshoots of just a like flat bar or. Just, uh, you know, a curb, a ledge, uh, but it's something that's geared towards, you know, creating um, a safe passageway because a lot of us do still use skateboards as a mode of transportation. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, I like one of the things I always like to say is, you know, I like to get these kids to put their skateboarding video games down <laughs> and go actually get on a skateboard. Yeah, please. <laughs> so, you know, creating these trails, you know, longboards are big you know the whole 80 style boards big boards with the OJs you see a lot of it you know, see a lot of people cruising around um, you know this, it's great to be able I've got a nice little um, sidewalk through my community that I take the dog for a run he just tows me on my skateboard you know so just creating um, things in communities uh, that kind of connect park to park you know ultimately I'd love to and I've been talking to a couple of cities about creating like a skate park system. You've got all these little skate spots around town, but they're connected with a safe route for skateboards, for bikes, for people walking or whatever. That would be sick. Like almost you could have like one spot here, one spot here, one spot here, and then connect them all with like a little snake trail or something. Yeah, just, just think about like when we were kids. What did we do? We went and skated. You know, the St. Mary's Stairs, and then we went over to the funeral home, and then we skated over to this spot. And, you know, we were skating through the streets, you know. wasn't always the safest routes. Yeah. But if we can create the same idea of what we did, which was, you know, getting to the spot was half of the fun of skateboarding. Yeah, they you could know, they could tear down. With your crew and go from spot to spot and hanging out. Yeah, they could tear down some of the malls and fucking just start building skate park trails. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think it's something that it's, it's slowly coming. I mean, um, it's come a long way in the last 10 years, um, and I think it's going to continue to grow. Yeah. Do you know who Jordan Peterson is? He's a psychologist from Toronto, I believe. I don't. He, he's like a... He's really popular right at the moment or whatever, but uh, he backs skateboarding, which is kind of crazy to think. Because he's an intellectual, you know, but he sees the the value and why people might do that. He actually had a quote where he's like, leave skateboarders alone when they're skateboarding, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. 
But I was like, yeah, that's weird, because, like, when we first started, skateboarding was so small. Like you said, like, I grew up in New Hampshire, and there was, like, two people skateboarding, and I was yeah. one of them, you know? <laughs> yeah, it used to be, you see someone wear a pair of bands, you're like, damn, you skateboarding? It's not like that anymore. No, no, no. <laughs> it's not like that anymore. <laughs> Definitely but, not. Oh, uh, one other thing uh, was I was going to tell you about this park in California. I don't remember which city, but, dude, they had a fence talking about fencing in a skate park. Because I agree, there should be no fence. Like, bleh. uh But they have one there. It's fenced in, in California. And then they would send people in to get you for your not wearing pads. Yeah. So these... Some, yeah, so some these... Parks, some cities are all about the pads. Yeah, yeah. Which is weird because you know, like, so that means you're going to have to enforce that. So, like, what they would do is they'd send these, like, people in to catch kids not wearing pads. And the kids would be climbing over these gnarly fences to get out of the park in time. And I'm, yeah. I'm like, what the hell? This was not thought out very well. <laughs> bad, bad I mean, there's a, there's a lot of uh, communities, a lot of cities that, because of insurance, they say you have to wear pads. But when you say you have to do something, that means you have to have someone there enforcing it. Yeah. So a lot of cities are starting to adopt the you know, skate your own risk type of deal. It's like a basketball court. You don't see someone there making sure that everyone's wearing an ankle bracelet, ankle brace or knee braces or anything like that, right? You sprain your ankle on a city basketball court, you're not going to go sue the city because you did that. Yeah. So they're starting to accept that in a lot of places where you don't have to wear pads. You know, I don't wear pads. I never have. I kind of feel awkward when I wear pads. Yeah. I don't know how to, I don't know how to slide out. I know how to run out. Yep, we're in the same boat. Why my knees are so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're in the same boat. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, sick, man. Thanks again, Brad. I really appreciate all this, man. And hopefully you'll make it out here for the Framingham thing if you can. Yeah, absolutely, Anthony. I'll be up in uh, Adirondacks the week before, so I'm hoping to be able to stick around and uh, make my way over. Brad, if not, I'm getting in one of those AZ trips, so. Yeah, you're more than welcome. Anytime you want to come out, man, come on out. I got, the, we got, like, some like 25 parks within a 30 mile radius damn i might hit you up man we got i got like we went out to sf uh i'm sorry we went out to san diego one time with the skate team uh we've been thinking about doing another big trip so maybe that's where we end up yeah come, come out don't come out here in summer it's too hot yeah right <laughs> we don't uh, you come out anytime from november till you know right through march and uh, we got perfect weather. Yeah, that's when we leave because that's when our weather gets really, really cold. So that's when we want to get out. So yeah, especially after those winters coming out here to the sunshine in February, March is uh, you know kind of cures that cabin fever. Yeah, for sure. Well, fucking keep killing it, man. And thank you for uh, working on skateboarding and making it your life and contributing and really making a difference, man. It really does. So thank you. Thank you, buddy. It was a pleasure. Yeah, you keep on doing what you're doing, bud. Always, always.